Welcome to the Bunyip and Ayotashli podcast. Welcome back to the Bunyip and Ayotashli podcast. This episode, I have two stories for you. The second one is a fairy tale from the Brothers Grimm that you may not have heard before. This first one, though, is by Robin Walton. He graciously recorded it for us. You'll hear more from him in the coming months. This one was originally published in Quantum Visions 4, edited by Jude Marie Green. And this story is called Proximity Crisis. Take it away, Robin. Proximity Crisis by Robin Walton Barely thought it strange that the light from the window woke her up rather than her alarm clock. No numbers, not even a blinking 12. But light was streaming in the window, so she knew it must be mid-morning. Damn, I'll be late for work. She was up late last night putting the final touches on her department's EMP experiment. The Department of Defense was coming today to see if their device worked as promised blacking out all electronics in a 10-block radius with a suitcase-sized electromagnetic pulse. Her team only had just got the prototype working. She'd gotten the devil shocked out of her the last time they turned it on. No, they wouldn't be expecting her on time today, but she certainly expected to be. She put on her wristwatch, but noticed that it too had stopped. Whatever time it was, it was time to get moving. She dressed quickly. She pushed the start button on her Prius, but nothing happened. She pulled the key out of her pocket and placed it into the ignition and pushed the button again. Still nothing. Damn Toyota recalls. She changed into her bike clothes and put on her Garmin. It also didn't work. She didn't really need to know her speed and distance, as this was just a way to get to work, not a training run. Still, it irritated her. She hopped on her bike and began the short commute to work. The stoplight went out right as it was about to turn green. When the car next to her braved the intersection, she sped across as well. But the next intersection was also down, and the next, and the next, all the way to work. Strange. She racked her bike and made her way to the building. The elevator was out, so she climbed the four flights of stairs to her office. (laughs) At least I'm getting a good workout today. Computers stopped working, cell phones went dead, even the PBX landline was out. The internet also went completely offline. Then the hubbub started. Is it me? It makes no logical sense, but am I somehow carrying an EMP charge with me? She quickly left her office before anyone else realized what was happening. They can't know it's me. I'll disappear into some lab in Quantico or Guantanamo. They'll run tests, probes, and never let me see the light of day again, or freedom. Cars were stalled, traffic was at a standstill, and cops were swarming all over the roads. It is me. I hope I don't have this charge or whatever forever. I'll have to live out on a farm in the middle of nowhere, maybe with the Amish. Not having working microchips wouldn't change their way of life. But she couldn't be discovered. Working on a government project was stressful enough, but to actually be the project, 
I've got to get out of here. Thank you, Robin. That was great. And as I said, you'll be hearing more of Robin in the coming months. So now I'm going to read a little story called Jorinda and Jarell from the Brothers Grimm. Take it away, Bob. This is the story of Jorinda and Jorindel, written down by the Brothers Grimm. There was once an old castle that stood in the middle of a deep gloomy wood, and in the castle lived an old fairy. Now this fairy could take any shape she pleased. All the day long she flew about in the form of an owl, or crept about the country like a cat. But at night she always became an old woman again. When any young man came within a hundred paces of her castle, he became quite fixed and could not move a step until she came and set him free, which she would not do till he had given her his word never to come there again. But when any pretty maiden came within that space, she was changed into a bird, and the fairy put her into a cage and hung her up in a chamber in the castle. There were seven hundred of these cages hanging in the castle, and all with beautiful birds in them. Now there was once a maiden whose name was Jorinda. She was prettier than all the pretty girls that ever were seen before, and a shepherd lad whose name was Jorindel was very fond of her, and they were soon to be married. One day they went to walk in the wood that they might be alone, and Jorindel said, We must take care that we don't go too near the fairy's castle. It was a beautiful evening. The last rays of the setting sun shone bright through the long stems of the trees upon the green and underwood beneath, and the turtle dove sang from the tall birches. Jorinda sat down to gaze upon the sun. Jorindel sat by her side, and both felt sad. They knew not why, but it seemed as if they were to be parted from one another forever. They had wandered a long way, and when they looked to see which way they should go home, they found themselves at a loss to know what path to take. The sun was setting fast, and already half of its circle had sunk behind the hill. Jorindel on a sudden looked behind him, and saw through the bushes that they had, without knowing it, sat down close under the old walls of the castle. Then he shrank for fear, turned pale, and trembled. Jorinda was just singing. The ring dove sang from the willow's spray, well-a-day, well-a-day. He mourned for the fate of his darling mate. Well-a-day, when her song stopped suddenly. Jorindel turned to see the reason, and beheld his Jorinda changed into a nightingale, so that her song ended with a mournful jug-jug. An owl with fiery eyes flew three times round them, and three times screamed, Doo-woo! 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 Jorindel could not move. He stood fixed as a stone, and could neither weep, nor speak, nor stir hand or foot. And now the sun went quite down. The gloomy night came, the owl flew into a bush, and a moment after, the old fairy came forth pale and meager, with staring eyes and a nose and chin that almost met one another. She mumbled something to herself, seized the nightingale, and went away with it in her hand. Poor Jorindel saw the nightingale was gone, but what could he do? He could not speak, he could not move from the spot where he stood. At last the fairy came back and sang with a hoarse voice. Till the prisoner is fast, her near doom is cast, there stay, oh stay. When the charm is around her and the spell has bound her, hie away, away. On a sudden, Jorindel found himself free. Then he fell on his knees before the fairy and prayed her to give him back his dear Jorinda. But she laughed at him and said he should never see her again, that she went her way. He prayed, he wept, he sorrowed, but all in vain. Alas, he said, what will become of me? 
He could not go back to his own home, so he went to a strange village and employed himself in keeping sheep. Many a time did he walk round and round as near to the hated castle as he dared go, but all in vain. He heard or saw nothing of Jorinda. At last he dreamt one night that he found a beautiful purple flower, and that in the middle of it lay a costly pearl, and he dreamed that he plucked the flower and went with it in his hand into the castle, and that everything he touched with it was disenchanted, and that there he found his Jorinda again. In the morning when he awoke, he began to search over hill and dale for this pretty flower, and eight long days he sought for it in vain. But on the ninth day, early in the morning, he found the beautiful purple flower, and in the middle of it was a large dewdrop as big as a costly pearl. Then he plucked the flower and set out and traveled day and night till he came again to the castle. He walked nearer than a hundred paces to it, and yet he did not become fixed as before, but found that he could go quite close up to the door. Jorindel was very glad indeed to see this. Then he touched the door with a flower, and it sprang open, so that he went in through the court and listened when he heard so many birds singing. At last he came to the chamber where the fairy sat with seven hundred birds singing in the seven hundred cages. When she saw Jorindel, she was very angry and screamed with rage, but she could not come within two yards of him, for the flower he held in his hand was a safeguard. He looked around at all the birds, but alas, there were many, many nightingales, and how then should he find out which was his Jorinda? While he was thinking what to do, he saw the fairy had taken down one of the cages and was making the best of her way off through the door. He ran or flew after her, touched the cage with a flower, and Jorinda stood before him and threw her arms around his neck, looking as beautiful as ever, as beautiful as when they walked together in the wood. Then he touched all the other birds with a flower, so that they all took their old forms again, and he took Jorinda home where they were married, and lived happily together many years, and so did a good many other lads whose maidens had been forced to sing in the old fairy's cages by themselves much longer than they liked. Thank you for listening to Bunyipin Aotashli, the podcast. I hope you would enjoy it. Please, if you'd like to comment, you can comment or like or subscribe. If you have a story you'd like to read on the Bunyipin Aotashli podcast, please let me know. You can let me know by email. That's the best way. And I'll get back to you as quickly as I can. You can also send a note to bunyipandaotashli at gmail.com and visit bunyipandaotashli.com. Sounds just like it's spelled. Thanks very much for listening. I hope you'll join me the next time.